0: Is it rolling, Bob? the contingencies of death and ultimately civil war, although you're 500 years away, it's actually not that different in terms of themes that you've been dealing with in your books on the 17th century. I agree, Paul. Yes. And, and and thank you for having me on uh, today. But yes, absolutely right. I mean, one of the, the themes of history that I'm keen on is this belief that we don't really change very much uh, as a species. We haven't very, really evolved very much now, I know, in the last 900 years. But I, I certainly was aware for the past 400. And yeah, the Civil War and the the also, the themes you touched upon there, another one which is so overriding that um, you have to grapple with as somebody researching this period is the overweening position of God. Uh, God is, is setting the tone, whether you're in the, the, the Civil War of the 17th century or whether you are struggling to survive in the 12th. And, um, yes, yeah, so the themes are very powerful the self interest dressed up as altruism is is similar uh, when it comes to civil war and um, the, the the sides are from the outside remarkably similar uh, in their, in their outlooks. What I mean is you know that if you look at the sort of Christian aspect of the the supporters of Charles I versus uh, the Cromwellian, the Puritans, uh, and beyond. They're they're dealing in a rather small niche uh, of Christianity. And then back in this period, in the 12th century, you're you're stuck in a a tiny little world about who has the rightful possession of the throne. And and that is something that can be fought over to the death. And this podcast could not be
1: better time. We're going to uh, feed that out. Thank you very much. That is the uh, History Today podcast. Uh, Things like that are just, oh my God, so interesting. Uh, But anyway, this is not History Today. This is current events. I don't know. It's uh, the Dixon James podcast, number 820. And um, I'm talking to you today from uh, a place I've never been before, uh, Pickering, It's a a park, um, Cliffview Park, and it's lovely. I I had to come out to Pickering to return things I borrowed when I had my um, new knee installed. Uh, And my wife has been after me. She wrapped them up months ago to please get these back to uh, the people who loaned them to me through the church. Uh, So today I did that, and while I was here... And knowing my wife was going to have a busy day at home, I thought, why don't you just find a park and uh, escape for a while? So I did, and it's lovely. There's a walkway, uh, and it leads into another park. All of this is following Lake Ontario. Uh, They've created it. I think you can walk from one end to the other almost. Um, And this particular lake I had not been on to the left, you see the uh, nuclear power station. Uh, it's always an interesting sight. But uh, it's quite lovely, and uh, God knows I needed my exercise. So I, uh, I took myself out for a walk. Uh, by the time I was returning, it was a longer walk that I've had in uh, months. Um, it, the knee was starting to send signals, Hey, this is not comfortable. But uh, anyway, I did it. I'm glad. Took a picture, posted a tweet, and uh, now here I am back in the car. And I just thought, oh, why not? You know, start a podcast from some place you've never been. I kind of like doing that thing. I just want to say something. Uh, we all know how many of us are getting in such a fuss, and rightly so, over these anti-maskers—people who won't obey simple. Well, I wouldn't even call them courtesies, but I guess they're not laws yet. But people who should know better that, hey, this COVID is killing people. Uh, the numbers are just astronomical in the States, and, and they're still climbing here, unfortunately. And yet you've got a group of people who just refuse to be told what to do, and you can't tell me, and you can't make me, and it's all a hoax, whatever. Uh, this is always a lunatic fringe. Um, but... <sighs> On this walk, there's a very long, very nice wooden bridge, high up over a creek below, because it's literally cliffside. We're up high above Lake Ontario. So there's this bridge, and on either end it says, cyclists, please dismount and walk your bike along the bridge. Well, I passed, or 30 bikes or more passed me, and not one of them dismounted, and I'm glad they didn't. Because if I was on a bike, that would be the most fun part of the ride. Whoa, you know, there's lots of people on the trail walking dogs and just getting exercise, some joggers, lots of people. But not masses and crowds of people whose lives would be endangered if you hit them by the bike. It's nothing like that. And so just the fact that it's a rule and maybe even you'd call it a courtesy doesn't really mean you have to because nobody's life was at risk it's very different. I would be more disturbed at people who feel, if something's posted, if it's a sign you have to obey, like people who on a rainy night, standing out in the cold and damp at a red light when there's no cars anywhere because it's three in the morning, wait for the light to turn green. Come on, that's insanity. That's, that's hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've been programmed a little too deeply there, fella. Cross the fucking street. Look both ways and cross the street, you know, and and that applies for lots of situations. So anyway, I just wanted to drop that in there. Just sort of following a rule because it's a rule or a sign because it tells you do this, don't do that, isn't always the best choice, okay? All right. Uh, So what did I do today? Well, I delivered these belongings and had a very, very nice chat about our church. This is Westdale United uh with uh somebody who's uh, involved in many committees, somebody who I greatly respect. Uh and I'm uh, th- that was good. This is just there are some good people and it's always nice not necessarily a friend, not a drinking buddy, you know, not somebody I socialize with, but I can talk with and feel wow, I'm glad that person is here on the planet. They are on strongly on the plus side. This is somebody who's doing good. He very much helped the new refugee family that uh, we sort of adopted because their lives were in danger, because they posted things on, uh, uh, you know, online that some traditionalists, some religious fanatics didn't like. Okay. And uh, anyway, so what else today? Today I wrote the introduction to the book. I uh, did that this morning, and it was great fun. I I get up. The rule is get up in your pajamas, go downstairs, get your coffee, and then you know maybe the news if you need the news. Uh, today I switched to classical music, but work on that book because you you really the days are coming. Hey, it's uh, tomorrow. I think it's the last day in November. Um, it's you you, you want to get this done before Christmas. So today, and I I decided, all right, let's do the introduction. I've made notes all along, what should be, in. I even, I'm glad to see I'd I'd picked out a couple of quotes from Carl Rogers, my hero, and this thing just wrote so easily. It just was so much fun, and I was able to find the right words, you know, mix the sentence up a little bit. There was no struggle. There was no, you know, I can't think. It just came easy. Uh, and I think it's a good one. I think because I knew the message I wanted. It's like I used to talk about when I was still going to meetings. Uh, if you're negotiating for something, you've got to know before you enter that room, well, what is it I want out of this? What what's it, What do I want to walk out with? And so I think I knew, well, what, what do I want to say in this uh, introduction? And I included part of the introduction is also how to read this book. And that was fun to write because... Uh, I I felt it was important. So, you know, there's always fine-tuning, and I already looked back at it and edited a couple of things, and, and that will continue. That's part of the process. But uh, I'm still on track to get this thing done. Contacted my good friend in um, Vancouver, and I think I'm going to have a couple of other letters sent out to me that uh, she had saved. Somebody who appears on many, many letters. So uh, that's a good thing, too. All right. That's all. I just wanted to uh, get a start on this, on this uh, lovely, kind of, you know, sunny, bright, but cool fall day. I'm watching somebody getting their dog out of the back, and, and it's a beautiful, I guess it's, what do you call these? The, the most, used to be the most popular ones, you know, they're brown, they they just look obedient. <laughs> Everybody had them, a lab, I guess, yeah, blonde lab. Um... And his, that tail is just going and he's sniffing the air and he's just so happy to be going out for a walk with his, uh, with his keepers. So it, it's a nice scene. And I guess a few people along the way just, you know, you greet, you smile and everybody is here. And these are good citizens. These are the good people who go out on walking trails, you know. You watch TV and you don't see these people. You see the assholes. Who make the news and all the bad stuff? Uh, these these are the good ones. All right, signing off from uh, a lovely little park in uh, Pickering, Ontario, right next door to Scarborough. Scarborough dude, signing off. Bye bye.
2: All the tired horses in the sun, I'm supposed to get in a ride and done. All the tired horses in the sun, I'm supposed to get in a ride and done. All the tired horses in the sun, again okay. I'm not
1: Bro, dude. God, it sounds a bit loud. All right. I don't know why. There's something just... Maybe I got these earbuds plugged in deeper than usual. It's a strange, strange sensation. Like I'm talking in a normal voice, but I'm hearing it Amplified. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That doesn't concern you, doesn't? Yeah. Buffers Park. Overcast. So I just came here and parked. Ah, uh, the original plan was going to the road trek, set up a typewriter on the table, and uh, dictate some of my letters. I now something else came up today. I uh, I needed an address of my brother. In Napanee, I'm including addresses with these letters, and uh, I didn't have the original envelope. So, of course, I could have called him, and well, maybe he's not going to remember the address, or and then it would just open up a whole lot more. Why do you need it? Uh, So I went to the box that said "Letters from Family." This is a banker's box, full, hundreds of letters. Uh, Sitting on top of the hundreds of letters from my uh, mother and father. Um, And found a letter from them, from Napanee. And it turned out it was just a post office box, 1492. But uh, wanted that anyway. So that was done. But meanwhile, I I found some treasures. I found the aerograms that my mother had sent me during my Europe travels, 1969, 1970. And, ah. it just opened up so much. Like, first of all, how fortunate I was to have good parents, kind parents. And she would write in the aerogram and then often leave a section for my father to write. And then sometimes, big thrill, and literally it was a thrill, I'd get a letter just from my father. Uh, always just saying wonderful things, how proud they were of me and so on. <laughs> I, I was a weird kid. I really was. And this was, I guess, just a major turning point in my life. Hey, you know, I've done two years university. I need something else. I'm going to Europe. And uh, so off I went. But to every letter I sent, they sent one. And I would send an address. I'm going to be in Crete. I'm going to be in Iraq, You know, I'll be in London. And some of these letters that I got were returned, actually. I never picked them up. So, uh, you know, they were waiting for me when I got home, letters they had sent. Anyway, they all got saved, fortunately. Uh, Not the ones I sent, those have disappeared, but uh, the ones they sent me. So I was going through those, um, some of them quite funny. My mother's writing the letter and saying, uh, when Dad heard you had grown a goatee, he said, dabarnack. That's the uh, French swearing... (laughs) <laughs> it really made me laugh out loud. It was uh, it's quite funny. And very touching things from her mother, who was living with us at the time, who was too old. Uh, my granny, I called her. Uh, but very pleased. She was English till the day she died. Uh, born there, brought to Canada in 1910 to Homestead and uh, then back to England after or during the war. I, when I say war, I mean World War One, uh, dear Granny. And news of the cats, you know, Bessie and Cleo. And I, I realized, oh, how fortunate I was. And and I'm I'm kind of comparing that today. There was a closeness, like my parents knew all my friends, and should say, oh, I spoke to Mike the other day, and this is Mike Hiles, who I got a letter from, and they knew Bob, and you know, they knew everybody. And these friends would sometimes drop by, like Cliff, the Nova Scotia guy. Um, came and borrowed the slides I had sent from Europe and looked at them, brought them back to my father the next day. My father would be setting up slideshows of Kenny's slides from Europe that I hadn't even seen. I just sent them back to, for processing back home. Uh, so it just, I guess, what I'm getting at is the support and love, you know, and care. And the closeness of the family, like reference to aunts and uncles who would also write. And my father would copy out the letters I wrote and send them off to Aunt Thelma and Valdor and Aunt Rosemary in Abercorn, Quebec. And so they were aware of what I was doing, and they would write letters. So, first of all, I mean, it's I think it's a very English thing. We were a very English family, and I guess I, I'm just tying that in with the, the letter writing. It was something that was just done and expected. And um, then my mother's cousin in England, who I stayed with in Salisbury, Cousin Audrey, and, you know, that would be a place where they could send mail, and I would collect on my way through coming or going, and... Uh, I, I, I'm thinking of that in contrast to today, not just the letter writing because we use email, but how are families that close? I don't know. I don't know anybody, not my age, you know, going back to a 21-year-old, um, who would have been connected the same way. And, and maybe maybe it is. Maybe nothing's changed. It's, just, it's a maybe a middle, middle-class Canadian thing that, uh, you know, and there were certain obligations. Well, make sure you send Audrey a card to thank her again. Cause Audrey gave me a five pound note or something when I left hitchhiking, drop me off, you know, in the outskirts of town to hitchhike and, uh, stuffed a five pound note in my pocket. Well, make sure you send Audrey a card to thank her. And, and, and of course I did, you know, and, and I think how many letters I must've written from Europe because there was all these friends, um, I wish more of them had survived, but, uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I'm just grateful. It was just touching. It was, I've been seeing things through the letters, um, that I wrote and today was to see the flip side because I thought, Oh, now there would be a great counter book. Not that anyone would want to read it outside of the family, but for the family, there'd be some interest, you know, because it's like my nephews and nieces now and they're, 40s and 50s uh, as kids, you know, as children coming up for a visit. And uh, Jeff woke in the middle of the night and cried because his mom wasn't there. Jeff wouldn't like to hear that today. Jeff's the one who won't speak to me anyway, sadly. Uh, But anyway, I wanted that. Now, for some good news, all this talk about cats, um. Tora returned. Torah was the outdoor cat, the one who lives on our deck. Disappeared last Sunday in a snowstorm. I had given him up for gone, and Nelko just yesterday emptied out his you know, the nice little basket we have for him, and took down the table and emptied the straw that was freshly put in of his winter home everything gone and then he shows up i was in the kitchen i heard this meow thought, that's not yuki's meow i mean i could tell the difference and that's a different sound and caught a glimpse and he had just wandered in the open back door and wandered into our uh, dining room I thought oh my god torah's back and of course Naoko's delighted and but had to undo or redo everything she had just undone um You know, I would have waited another week, but we were both convinced we'd never see Tora again. So it's very nice. When I left home, he was sleeping in his basket in the sunshine and uh, was there at 7.30 this morning meowing for his warm milk. So just, you know, I I think I ended last podcast with Tora's gone. This one starts with uh, Torah is back. All right, Scarborough, do just trying to share something I'm finding a little difficult to share. I guess the love and care of family. And it again, it's through the time of writing letters, sitting down with a cup of coffee and sending a letter off to Kenny in Europe. You know, that he's given us an, a Moroccan address, a Greek address, a London address. And I would always, you know, very much want to be getting those letters. All right. I'll leave it at that. Bye for now. I <laughs> <laughs> Keep that on in the background. That's, of course, a Leon Russell. I'm holding the LP in my hand. It must be his first one. It's simply called Leon Russell.
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> I love the picture on the back. Long hair, bearded, and uh, big top hat. Looking pretty freaky. Uh, this is a lovely song. A song for you. Uh, nice album. Glad I have it. And uh, happy... Canadian National Day of Podcasting to you. That's what today is. It's December 1st, 2020, and I feel obliged to record at least a clip. I will not put this out. Uh, lots of other people will and already have, of course, and that's great. But uh, I feel the need to record on this day. But, hey, Dixon Jeans is always there. I think when we did this, uh, the idea, well, I shouldn't say we, and Mark and Bob... Uh, The idea was to get people who would uh, pod-faded to maybe come back on this day. And uh, it used to work. I mean, people did come back and put one out. Uh, We just heard from um, the um, Maureen out in the west coast on Vancouver Island, an absolutely wonderful piece. It's very rare we hear from uh, Baba's Beach. But when we do, it's always priceless. I mean, we are talking quality like... This is a writer. This is a person who knows how to use words and how to tell a story, and they were always excellent. And today was just uh, was no disappointment, and, and it's just wonderful because it's it's like a simple story. It was just traveling with a family and and in need of food, but just the description. It's an art form, uh, and it's just beautifully done. So the, to me, that was it. That's all I needed to hear today. Um, for the uh, National Day of Podcasting Although I did listen to uh, the fellow who Tim Carr who does the Midnight Owl Who has uh, been going through a rough time with COVID With uh, family matters and uh, so on um, And he got together With uh, the fellow who does the After 30 or Life After 30 podcast And um, it was a good conversation Just listening to two guys talking, you know, trying to come to, to grips with uh, uh, life in these COVID days. Um, Anthony was a, a hairstylist, a hairdresser, uh, and um, just it's rough time with all the closings and so on, and trying to survive and get by, and especially, you know, December being the busiest month, and here they are going to be closed, or certain regulations, so it's, it's tough. It's tough all around, but Anyway, it's not tough for me, uh, and I am almost embarrassed to say that. But I'm, I'm just—I come down to my basement. and thought, yeah, this is the place to do it. I mean, I don't like to record in front of the family; I never do. Uh, my upstairs office is too much like an office, and I, you know, I do my Gappage podcast up there. Hope you listened to the last one with Brent. It was a good one. It was a dandy. Um, but. Um, yeah, a little looser in the basement. But I come down here and I think, oh my God, why aren't I making? Mo- why aren't I spending more time down here? Why am I sitting in that one damn recliner in front of the TV in the living room? You know, it's not the best place to sit. So uh, you know, maybe I can force myself. And so I'm sitting here looking at my library. Uh, one of the books I typed out today, just added, was to my sister in 1975 in. Uh, April, the night before going to a Pink Floyd show. Man, I didn't even remember I'd gone to see them in Vancouver. Wow. Um, You know, I had just gone through the set list. What did they play? And I've been listening to that on my computer. Holy shit, that's great stuff. But uh, such were the times. I had other things on my mind. I guess um, we were going our separate ways. I was turning 27. That was the summer of the Yukon, and this was the letter written just before heading up to get my job on uh, a B.C. Rail. I, I know, I know, I'm talking about letters now, but it's kind of what led me down here, because I mentioned the books I was reading, and the, oh my God, and those very books are right here at my fingertips, Mind in the Waters. No, no the Mind of the Dolphin by John Lilly, and the Center of the Cyclone." By John Lilly. And I talked about uh, the Carlos Castaneda series. I was just about to start the trilogy. And fortunately, in these letters, I record what movies I've seen and what books I'm reading. And uh, one in particular I mentioned was called The Beat Generation. And I'm holding that in my hands too by uh, Bruce Cook. The tumultuous 50s movement and its impact on today. Now, this is an older book. I bought this at City Lights Bookshop in San Francisco. So, this was written quite a while ago, but it covers from the beats to the hipsters to the hippies. Um, and I, I think that's kind of neat. What's the copyright? 1971. So, uh, in terms of Kerouac and beat literature, this is pretty old. Uh, and I have just so many more in it. I don't need to reread Kerouac necessarily, but I would if I created the time. Love to dig into more of these uh, uh, biographies, and they're still coming out. I mean, it's just amazing. And, and the family that owns the rights to Kerouac, it was a strange story. Kerouac married, I guess, for the second or third time, just basically married Stella, a Greek Canadian family. To look after his mother, who was ailing, and that was really the the reason, and it was childhood friendship connection, but they ended up controlling the estate and have milked it for everything it's worth. There's a lot of uh, hard feelings this way and that way of things just being you know sold. I think like Johnny Depp got Kerouacs raincoat or something, and you know yeah, but you can understand, hey, well you know you could donate it to a museum, and some stuff is in there. But you can also get a lot of cash for real Kerouac, uh, uh, you know, parts of his life. So, uh, yeah. So there. A little bit of knowledge you didn't really need. Um, I did get the two letters today, three letters from uh, somebody who featured, I mentioned. Come on, Ken. Come on, change the subject. Lift the needle up off the record. Give them something else. Because they're sick of this, and it just—it's just there's nothing else going on in my life right now. And it's not that I'm bored; it's that this is this is joyful. It's joyful. It's just odd. I mean, it's if I look back on my life, letters or no letters. I think I paid my dues. I think there was a lot of times when life was not joyful, when I was lonely, miserable, didn't have much money, and uh, not, sure, not sure what I was going to do, and depressed, and lots of things. And now to find myself, his house, wife, children, road trek in the driveway, two other cars, uh, all the luxuries that I never thought. I would have or be in a position to have It is just damn Comfortable I mean, we're, We eat so well I, 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 You know I'm going to go upstairs after this And just pour myself a little glass of my Cheap $8.25 a bottle Spanish red wine My Toro bravo And I'll be thrilled with that It will taste so good It's just Oh fuck I'm sorry I'm sorry for how this sounds How's this sound? going to sum it all up. There's just one thing I need to say that explains everything. Well, every, everything, as far as I'm concerned. I feel a oneness. I feel whole. I feel complete. I feel at one. At one with this past, which has come back to me through these letters. At one with who I am now. Especially having part put things behind me. The, the, the job, the uh, the study tours oh, I don't know what's ahead it's not the time to worry about what's ahead other than you know what to do with the library but a sense of fullness and completedness and it's not something I've I don't know I don't know I should just scrap this all together and uh I'm finding it harder and harder to talk to you. It's hard when you're feeling fucking good and you sort of get defensive about it and embarrassed about it. And you you feel, no, it's a lot easier when you're struggling. Oh, I'm feeling down, I'm depressed, I'm miserable. You know, how about you? I just, I feel so blessed. And I guess I, what do you do with that? You just accept it. I did find a passage in a letter today when I actually when I wrote to Deb, whose name appears on many pages of this book, um, that she should open her heart to Jesus. And I was I was shocked about this in nineteen eighty six, just after I got married. And it was faith in God and the, the importance of prayer, I even that I took a quote from the Bible. That shocked me. My God. And I guess that's a continuation Because, I mean, Jesus came into my life In in uh, Nigeria in the, in the form of a ghost Appearing on my On my porch But to find You know, all that time later And I guess it was in my time, my lowest time Here I am talking about being together And on top of things Well, God damn it I was miserable for a very, very long time Going through all that And on my knees, praying to God. So, there you are. I've uh, I, I thanked God in my acknowledgements. I said, currently, well, currently on call. I think you know, if I need you, I'll call you. Don't worry about it. And uh, Jesus is, you know, having a slight hiatus. I think. But uh, at least I did remember that uh, they did play an important role. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to leave it leave it off there. Thank you. Those uh, two people who asked about cat and uh torah is back i've just fed him again he wanted supper a little early today so he got a four o'clock warm milk and some soft cat food and uh he has his house now with fresh straw that he climbs into and he sleeps there at night and now he has his uh, also the little um uh, container with two very thick sweaters that uh he can rest in during the day all is well In uh, the Bull family household Scarborough Dude On this Canadian podcasting day of greatness Signing out I'm just going to sit here and listen to the rest rest, uh, The rest of Leon Russell And uh, Flip through my Kerouac library Bye for now Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Fade that out. A little bit of Vivaldi there. Oh, God. I miss my iPhone earbuds. It's just, i got such a, it's a weird sensation with these Sony ones. Like it's, the feedback is much too loud. Hang on. Ugh. Anyway, it's me. It is a Thursday. I'm on my way grocery shopping, and I thought, okay, gotta release this podcast tomorrow, in keeping with my every Friday routine. Uh, I've got about 17 minutes recording time left if I don't put in a song, and um, so decided, well, do it before you go shopping. First of all, I'm not going to record, you know, for 20 minutes with uh, frozen food melting in the back of the car. And if I waited till I got home and I put the food away and then I got to check my email and it just gets put off, put off, put off. And uh, there you go. Anyway, anyway, enough of an introduction. I, I guess what I wanted to say was the content here, because it's unscripted, mood dependent, very often impacted by the location, which right now is the uh, a graveyard. I'm just looking at tombstones here in uh, St. Andrew's Cemetery. It's kind of on the way to uh, where I go grocery shopping at Price Chopper, up on McCowan and uh, Ellesmere. So, here we are. What's to say? I joined the uh, church group this morning. They have a, a coffee thing. It's a drop-in Zoom, of course. And... Uh, They sent out messages. We haven't seen you for a long time. And I know it was sent out to a lot of people, not just me, but it was enough to hook me. It it actually worked. And a couple of other people who hadn't been around. So I saw this message. And um, so basically it was just an hour with your cup of coffee talking. And I'm kind of glad I went in. I, I did say my piece. There wasn't much time. But I held up my two books. A couple of people were talking about books. And uh, I held up Patti Smith, uh, Just Kids, which I highly recommend. I'm sure a lot of listeners maybe have already read it. But uh, I explained why it was so special about the Chelsea Hotel and Janis Joplin and those times. And what it was to be an artist, a real artist, not manufactured by the industry, the way we see pop stars on TV today. But somebody who worked their way up because she couldn't do anything else but be an artist. Um. And by artist, I mean, you know, poet, musician, singer. Uh, And then the other book I held up was the one I mentioned earlier that I found in a letter to my sister from 1978, um, the Beat Generation, and talked about how the environmental movement, the peace movement, owes a thank you to these long-forgotten heroes, uh, the Beats. And, of course, I knew the people there not many were getting this. You know, it's just Ken again, you know, talking. This is not current. We're all talking about Black Lives Matter and transgender issues. What's he doing on this beat thing? But that's exactly why I did it. And I, I'm kind of glad, you know, I said my piece. And then somebody who's much younger, a, a musician in the group, a performer, uh, who's not really, he's sort of connected with the church Tangentially? Tangentially. <laughs> Transgenderly, no. Um, suddenly, held up a Mad magazine showing a uh, Alfred E. Newman dressed as a hippie on the cover, and thanking some other people older than him, who I know of this church group, for turning him on to Mad magazine and and being able to talk about the past and and issues of the day. So it was a beautiful connection. It was very very nice. Uh, so anyway, I'm glad I did that. It's the First time, and I probably won't go back in a very long time. It's, uh, it's just it's not really good for conversation. You know, you sort of you take your turn, you sit down, it's like you know, and you get your put your hand up, say something, sit down, and maybe never come back. Uh, I did have in the background too. I literally put up a new background because I had to uh, in- reinstall a new version of uh, Zoom. And it was Dick, Jean, and Sally. So, I mean, the very first question was, who's Scarborough dude? You know, and I've been on a number of times, but that's just my login. This is the default. That's what comes up. And so I have to explain that each time. And then uh, I got a, uh, a direct message from one of the facilitators saying, can I tell them about your podcast? And I said, better not to, thank you. It's just not universally appealing. So, uh just so you know, I'm not always out scrounging for listeners. I actually had a group there, and I did not want them listening. They're not the type; they would not enjoy it. Which gets me to the next topic. Okay, I've I've been just typing out, dictating, proofreading, correcting, editing—well, not editing, just punctuation—a uh, letter from Bruce uh, written from Japan, 1985. Uh, exactly the end of my first year there i had been there one year so i found that neat and i was reviewing what happened the first year and uh, this is before my present wife i had met her but i did have a girlfriend at the time and so a lot of it was about her but I was drunk in a lot of that letter. I was relating escapades of, from the night before when I had been drinking here and there. Hong, I was in Hong Kong. I was in Kyoto. The, the letter went on for three weeks. And one passage in particular, I was just going, and this is I'm writing to Bruce. So to Bruce, I can say anything because I know he understands. This is my drinking buddy, campfire buddy. And I was going, ooh, ah, about the stewardess as we called them at the time, uh, wearing a tight white skirt, bending over, picking up trays. And I'm just going, oh, my God, that ass! You know, double exclamation marks, you know. uh, Bum perfect or something like that, or bum wonderful. I don't know, something stupid. And I thought, I know some women who might read this, I find it kind of offensive. What is that? You know, what, what is this? You, you're just this objectifying. Now, I already put an apology, a very brief apology for objectifying women. But it was, it's real. I mean, that's, you know, hey, I'm a man. I have, I'm, I'm wired this way. It, it's frightening to think of being deprogrammed to know every time you see a, a nice ass in a tight white skirt, you're gonna get an electric shock because you're not allowed to think that or say that or express that or feel that. You know, Hey, this is what I'm sharing with my buddy, Bruce. Oh my God, you know, look at that fuck! Oh, yeah, that's what was in the letters. And so it made me think again today, wow if I ever do reveal to this group, I've only done it to the men's group, that I am working on this book. Um, this would not be a good book for the people of this church. But I thought, well, what, you know, do I just maybe maybe not include that letter or send to take out that part in particular? No, this would be so wrong. And so what I was trying to find, what are, what is my compass? What is my guide for what do I include? What do I exclude? And basically, it's there is no censoring in the letters. Um, the only letter I decided not to put in was one that referred to somebody who I thought needed uh, um, help mentally, and I and I know that particular person would would be disturbed by what I said, so I chose not to include that letter. But I want to know well well. What is right? Like, what What can I use as a guide? Bruce, of course, would say, hey, go ahead, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, unless I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. Uh, that stewardess, I'm sure, was used to people gawking at her. So I thought about somebody from the church, Tony. And Tony is a man I mentioned before. Sadly, Tony died of cancer Tony's a man who I felt brought me into the church. He was Chinese. He was a rebel. He was an old man with a cane and long white hair when I knew him. Um, and he's the one who made the, when I made, when I gave a talk to the congregation about uh, my time in Nigeria, I mentioned it was like a, an acid trip. Tony was the one who picked up on that. And Tony gave me a, um, what do you call it, a, a roach clip. That he had and had no more use for, and I, you know, it's a special thing that's in my bar now. Um, and Tony was editor of um, a, a new um, newspapers, actually. Uh, you know, he was a professor uh, of Asian studies, uh, but he wrote, uh, put out a newspaper with a few others, recognized by University of Toronto, which has back copies of these. Uh, I can't remember the name. Something, but with Asian, maybe Asian Adian, something like that. Speaking up for Asian people. Um, anyway, I knew Tony. I loved Tony, and and I was sad to to lose Tony, but glad I had went and visited him at home many times, and in his decline, right up to the end. Um, but. I'm using Tony as my guide. What would Tony say? And Tony said, of course you put that in. Of course you leave that. Of course you don't give a fuck about what people are offended because you saw an ass you thought was attractive. Of course you leave that in. And, um, that's what I learned today. That's what, that's what just happened five minutes before I started recording this podcast. I thought of Tony, um... Uh, most of the people in the church wouldn't have that connection, or you know, didn't f- connect the way I felt I connected to Tony, um, and so there's my Tony is my conscience on this one anyway, and I'm uh, I'm glad about that. Okay, so anything else you'd like to know about? Um, I did find a clip. I was tr- I'm so 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 upset that. So many digital photos have just gone missing. You know, they never, they made, some made it onto little thumbnail USB sticks. Um, some ended up on zip drives, which I can't access anymore. Some were on old hard drives that are just long gone and not everything got backed up. And I think there are probably a lot of photos from the past, from Japan that I'll never get back. Now, again, in these letters, of course, when I'm referring to photos, it's photos with negatives and print copies. And I have many, many small folders that could hold up to 36 pictures, uh, in my basement, safely stored away that I could, I could use my phone to take a picture of the glossy photo to get a good enough copy for digital purposes. I don't have to scan all the negatives. Um, you know, unless I was trying to put on a show, but uh, they're not lost. But the period, by the time, you know, these little Canada, Canon IXI digital cameras came around, of which I've had many, and there might, I might be able to track down a few of the, uh, you know, the little things you put in, which I can't remember the name of, you know, what I'm talking about. Uh, I could probably find a lot of photos too, but it's a long painstaking process to track these things down. So anyway, that, I guess that's a project for 2021. Uh, track down and try and assimilate and try and properly get together as many. I found a few that I really need that I thought I had lost. Uh, the question is whether I will put any into the book. Uh, and there are a couple that just fit perfectly because I have the photo that's even mentioned in the letter, you know, or something that goes with it. So I'll see about that. All I need to do is get a, uh, a sample-proof copy printed before the new year so I can decide what changes have to be made. Is the font big enough? You know, is, is everything formatted the way I want? And uh, then go forward and print 50 copies and hope that there's enough people out there who uh, would want one. But uh, I... Personally, I think it's a pretty damn good read, and and it's there's even like I've got a letter in 1993 to my mother talking about explaining how I can use my PowerBook computer to send a facsimile anywhere. I don't have to print it or go to a fax machine. It can come straight from this computer. So all those little changes in technology that you know you can see evidenced in the Dixon Jane Zine from its run from uh, 1990. Four to two thousand and three, you'd see a lot of changes there. Of course. All right, I guess that's enough to fill us. This... Oh yeah, I know. While <laughs> this is how I got onto it, while I was digging through file folders and, and old backup drives looking for photos, I found an audio clip just called "Drunk," uh, a folder called "Drunk," and there was only one clip there, and it was one of those clips that I recorded having come home from downtown in the Go Station parking lot. Long-time listeners to Dixon Janes will know what I'm talking about. The recordings I did from the Go Station parking lot. Too drunk to drive the car home. So I had to sit there and maybe have a little rest uh, until I felt safe enough to maneuver my car back into the driveway. It was only down one back road, never on a main street, but still something I would never do today but as recently as uh, I think that one might have been. Five years ago, maybe. And, uh, I found it and I thought, you know, that's what I'll give them. I was going to delete the preceding clip because it was, uh, I didn't like it at all, the one I recorded on the Great Canadian National Day of Podcasting. Um, I thought I'll take that out and I'll just give them the drunk clip. Sort of like a, uh, thumbing my nose at, uh, what, was it CDNOP? Is it not Dave? <laughs> I know Anthony and uh, Dave had it right. All right. Anyway, uh, I can't find it again, so uh, maybe I'll save that for another uh, another episode. This is the Scarborough dude. Time to go shopping. The sun is shining. The snow has melted, fortunately, and uh, we got to get on with things. So, listen. Have yourself a good weekend and uh take care of yourself stay stay, stay stay safe please oh my god when i see what's happening in the states and the numbers rising and it's bad enough here but oh my god the hopelessness of overfilled hospitals and the people who will not get treatment because other people don't seem to think this is real god damn it eh fuck god what a no band on well there you go Scabber dude Mm Buy for now.